doing the flashback is like that's i say that all all the time that's that's the line that's the line you're no i'm trying to remember them i'm trying to remember the ones because it you know started with the the wubba lubba dub dub but then it had like all of the different ones like and that's the end or whatever (laughs) and away we go (laughs) like i got a bunch of different lines morty (laughs) there's no uncle named steve Everybody knows that. I <laughs> love that episode. <laughs> that might be my favorite Rick oh, yeah. and Morty episode ever. He, that doesn't he, ring a bell. He rewound it because he's like, you guys have to watch this. This is like the best horror story I have seen in a long time. <laughs> Especially which, the, which one is that? That's the one where all the parasites are using memories to create an, uh, other versions to spawn, of parasites. Yeah, yeah, to spawn right. more parasites. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that is so good. No, the, the one with Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yeah. 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 <laughs> where, where he's in all the opening and then suddenly he's gone. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. I like the uh, the one where they go to marriage counseling. I don't think we've got to that one yet. Is that uh, season two? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten it. Oh, okay. Yet. I just received season season two this weekend. Oh, okay. So I, I think I've gotten four episodes I, in. I, and I started rewatching those episodes. They're so good. I, I think the marriage counseling one will end up being one of your favorites then. All right. Mm-hmm. See, you're getting me excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, if if this is going to be a better episode because we're earlier and we're not all tired that's, since we're recording earlier. That's a fine point. It's, I like knows, it. But all the meat that we ate could offset it Yes, all. it could. There's no yep. guarantees. <clears throat> Me and Kirsten are both full of meat. I, sweet, delicious meat. I got the sweats oh, already. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The meat sweats are coming on. Welcome to gas shock. Yeah. You mean open the door? Uh, we haven't reached gas shock yet. Okay. But, uh, well, Andy's here now, so we should get oh, there yeah. soon. Well, Andy, if, didn't Andy, if us, I so. give you a double point, hit the door. Right? Gotcha. <laughs> Welcome to Gas Shock. And number, if I give oh. you a single point, hit the door. Oh, no. <laughs> You're aiming at me. Don't do that. Sorry, Todd. That's all right. You, it's going to ricochet off you, the cement wall. You lifted a leg and a butt at me. That's all I can ask for, really, from you. <laughs> Welcome to Geek Shock. It's 383. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact-checked Andy. Fat Matt. <laughs> wow. And we're just talk- does Fat Matt the River Rat. Doesn't care anymore. Talk weak and geek. Utterly well, defeated Matt. Well, it's not that he doesn't care because like right before this, he's like, I, I got to lose some weight. Mm. Hey, right, so that would do not say what caring. I said pre-recording. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's okay because once that's digested a little bit, mm. he's going to lose some weight. He's going to be like, <laughs> he'll be like, mm. when are we going back to Rolling Smoke? How many breadsticks did you have? None. Huh? We went to Rolling Smoke, Andy. You see, it's, what's what's funny is that whenever we go to Rolling Smoke, we always like make a point of it on the show. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're in trouble. We ate Rolling Smoke. Mm. We we gave in. And if you're in Vegas, hit up Rolling Smoke. It's delicious. It's pretty good, but don't go with Jeff because he eats three plates worth, and it's absolutely gobsmacking. Yeah. And then we're all done, and then my wife keeps asking him questions over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're sitting there waiting for Jeff to finish, and Paulette keeps talking to Jeff, asking him questions. So he's sitting there answering. And not and just his... questions. Questions about technical yeah. ins and outs of batteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, you know, forcing him. His to, wheelhouse. Forcing him <laughs> to answer in his usual verbose Drawn styles. <laughs> Drawn out. They were questions way. that required long answers. They could not have been solved with <laughs> short answers. Yeah, I know, really. 
<laughs> you realize you could never use a phrase. To make a long story short, <laughs> I'd use it all the time. I don't always succeed. Yeah. No, you never. <laughs> we love you, but so no. we got almost stories, and it's because I'm such a fact-oriented person. <laughs> Ooh, fact check. Jeff. Boom! Oh, now he's Even the Funko checked. guy. <laughs> what the? Hey! When I hear we're all gonna be Funko Everyone's soon. stealing my bit. <laughs> Why are you stealing Eddie Deason's bit? Wow, that was a good Deason. <laughs> wow. And the audience went, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went, huh? The right ones, no. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay, yeah. We let the right ones in. Well Tell them what geeky Joel things Hodgson. to do this week. I saw the Thor Ragnarok teaser. Oh my trailer. god, that was great. That was good. So, is it going to be the cosmic Marvel movies from this point on have awesome soundtracks to go with whatever they got going I on? I think. I think uh, pretty good soundtracks. Really. It ain't broke. <laughs> yeah. Big bright colors, great soundtrack is the Marvel cosmic way. Oh boy, that that that. Thor Ragnarok logos shooting across the screen mm. is quite a testament to the, the stri- 70s the stra- television advertising. The Stranger Things logo? Very similar. Yeah. I yep. will say this, though. Uh, yes, trailers are always cut by other companies, and they don't always represent the film that you're going to see in the theaters. Yeah. Having said all that, this could be the first Thor film I really care Same about. Same here. Yep. If, if that movie makes uh, good on the promise of the trailer, I might have to agree with that too. Because yep. I mean, it I, was and it was such a well cut trailer because it's just all this build up <laughs> drama, destruction, and then it gets to you know the appearance of the Hulk. Sorry, spoilers for people who haven't been deluged with this. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it's a trailer. I think. Yeah. Yes, I know, I know him. him. Okay, <laughs> he's a friend from work. Let me ask you guys something. Sure. I myself. I mean, I understand the story and what's going on, but I myself, even though it was an impressive image, would rather had not seen Hela crush the hammer in the trailer. Mm. What do you guys think about that? That had better happen early on in the movie. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because that seemed pretty significant. I know. That's something I would have loved to have have happened in the movie so I could Mm -hmm. have sat there and been like, Oh fuck! Yeah, that's. I mean, that, that's. The, They're trying to sell the movie, and that definitely was one of the things that sold. Maybe me. it's a red herring. It doesn't really have anything to do with the storyline. It's, it's possible, but we've learned in the last couple of years that if you don't want to be spoiled, just start closing your mm-hmm. eyes in the trailers because you know the trailers are going to spoil shit. Yeah. you know the trailer didn't show, and I and I'd kind of like to see it happen. Beta Ray Bill, <coughs> you got to build a new hammer, anyways. You might as well build two. <laughs> That could be fun. Mm-hmm. I did you think that's something they might actually broach? Fuck Beta yeah, Ray Bill. Think that's yes. going to be a that movie? would be that would be a fun one to do. I don't think it'll happen in this one, right? But you think that's a possibility moving forward? Yeah, why not? Because it it's so funny too. Because Beta Ray Bill on paper is such an absurdly stupid character, a horse faced cosmic dude who's dressed like thor and his name is beta ray bill it's it's like a it's like an 11 year old you know <laughs> threw together all of his shit you know loving his mm-hmm. his horse yep but it is such a great character yep it is such a great character he shows a- up in unworthy thor well it, it is something to keep in the back pocket should mm-hmm. there be contractual issues later right. on 
What do you have against horse love, Kirsten? What do you have for it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, what do I? Wow. Well, <laughs> apparently, according to Ice Cream Social, you can uh, now uh, have a horse uh, brothels on a blimp. So, you know, there's your set. I don't even need yeah, to. Yeah, do, you don't want to go down that path, but trust me. It was bizarre. Why did Something you on, on Ice Cream Social was bizarre? That's not possible. <laughs> Gentlemen, what? Oh, what's, well, you know what? I'll throw out there. Yeah, go. The. Because I didn't mention it last week, uh, the book of the month for the Geek Shock Book Club is Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Uh, the discussions have opened, but it is kind of a long and kind of a, th- a thick book in many regards. You mean it's longer than 300 pages? Yeah, this is uh, like 550. It's a, a long and treacherous climb. So so I'm, I'm about 60% through it, so it's, it's taken me a little while. Uh, enjoying it. Uh, and once I'm done, I'll post my thoughts on the book. But if you have finished it, feel free. The post is open on the Geek Shock Book Club page. And I want to throw a uh, a big shout out to the uh, Shock Monkeys Lair as well. That's the Facebook page that the Shock Monkeys gather to have a good time and let me know about fun things that I might have missed. I appreciate it. And thank you for the otters. Oh, yeah. Seriously. I do love there it. were some good new otters today. Yes, there were. Yeah, we get we get the occasional repeat, yeah. but there's yeah, yeah that baby otter. My mm-hmm. God, oh, I just curled up in a little ball. Oh, I did. We need to start making totter pictures and just take <laughs> pictures of you looking at the otter pictures and start posting them on Wednesday. I don't think that's anywhere near as cute. I got enough <laughs> projects to do. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jeff. Add that one to the queue. Like play a lot of Horizons this week. That's what you, I saw you do. Yes, yes, I did. I just I delved back into it. Uh, I know like ninety percent of the storyline now, and it's mm. it's very very intriguing. So that's good. I was afraid that you'd learn it and be like, mm, "That's not what I wanted it to be. It wasn't as fulfilling." Well, because that that does happen. Uh, yeah, know. it happens a lot. A lot. Not just to me, but to other people as well. It's like you get to there, it's like, oh, the denouement is not as exciting as I'd hoped. So I dove into the DC universe uh, for their TV stuff. So I've almost finished Supergirl, mm-hmm. finished The Flash. Well, what's on Netflix? Right. So, and I'm gonna start Green Arrow here shortly. The arrows, right? Oh, that's a weird order to watch them in. Well, if <laughs> I know, no, I watched Arrow before, but I forget oh. everything. So oh, it's gotcha. Like I'm, okay. I'm gonna go back into it. Well, if Netflix contract uh, sticks up here in about three weeks, you'll be able to watch season three of which of one? Flash. Okay, really nice. Oh, that would be nice because uh, it yeah that's that new contract. We talked yeah we talked about it on the show where they they're supposed to have within weeks of the end of the season, having them available for streaming on Netflix. 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 Net on fleek. That's what the kids are I, saying I just nowadays. I like talking about the Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Netflix and chill. <laughs> yeah, I went looking for Ghost in a Shell. I couldn't, I, I think it's on Hulu, but I don't have Hulu, so I couldn't see it. The old streaming. animated one or the, yeah, yeah okay. No, the, the new one's in the say, theaters. Say, yeah, I know can, that, but sometimes, I, sometimes, sometimes people, I'm stupid. Is that no, what you're saying? Some that, <laughs> what, is that what you're going with? I was sometimes, Kirsten, you're dark, a complete idiot. I was wondering if you got to the dark side and found some place where you know, there were people walking across no, the screen. Andy, we've got people for that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Andy and I do have yeah, people for that. <laughs> but um, it, I couldn't find it, and so I was like, ah, damn, because I went and saw the movie. Oh, yeah. What did you think of the movie? I liked it. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. Somebody said they took 
the anime, which is about soul and what it is to be human and right. what it is to be alive, and they made it into just cyberpunk. And I'm like, uh, well, actually, that's kind of integral to what cyberpunk is, so right. I'm not sure <laughs> what they just did. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it is fun. It is interesting. I like cyberpunk, so I was definitely uh, visually very cool. Well, because I know that like the original anime movie was very layered, where they talk about uh, when we talked about this at uh, dinner last week. But uh, it's very layered, like you know, in a society where cybernetic implants are becoming the norm. At what point do you replace? You know, when you keep replacing body parts, etc., are that is that person still human? And you know, that's. You know, right. and then, everybody. and then you know, at what point does you know something that is completely artificial become self-aware? And I can answer is, that question for yeah, you. Is right it now. a life form or not? <laughs> right now, the human brain is all you need to be human. If you like, if replace everything else, you're still human. What if well, you? Repl- that's that's the you, thing, though. Is what if you replace half the human brain? But that's 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 another that's thing, though. With <laughs> with right that there. universe, <laughs> is they have. Um, chips that replace damaged pieces of the brain too so parts of the brain are being replaced with cybernetics so they still have the memories that were you know originally organic memories but they're now stored on you know this biomechanical implant where do you stand on the whole brain in a jar thing would you go there would you still consider yourself human brain in a jar And conversely, what about head in a jar like Futurama? Mm. I would I would have to say if you can't stuff yourself full of meat and sit there and <laughs> okay, feel disgusting, okay. then you're no longer human. But you can okay. you can have the program into your brain that makes you remember it. Yes, make you feel like you're being stuffed with meat. You're like, is, this, is this just because I'm you hungry. watched Load Meat Program? Is this because you watched <laughs> the Menagerie recently and now no, the explosions were although, giving the illusion of? Uh, being able to walk again. To, Although they to Pike. solved Captain Pike's, I, I, I pointed out in the, the uh, um, notes, the uh, freaking weird episode with the uh, plant spores. Uh, mm-hmm. this, uh, this side of Paradise. Yes. yes. Why didn't they just bring Captain Pike to that planet? Oh, where they could have restored. Maybe. It, <sighs> well, wait a minute. It depends well, on the, the whether pl- the, the spores. Well, if the, the spores, spores are all make dead. You ri- ridiculously happy. They make, they make you, you healthy, happy, too. but they, they also cure. they restored health. They like, re- like scars disappeared, mm. organs reappeared that were gone. But if you're ready, well, I mean, you could what a friend of mine used to call Star Trek justification, mm. which is like the Marvel no prize. Mm. Uh, you could say that if he's radiation damaged, that might be beyond the healing capacity of the spores. It could These be. These plants live off and, radiation, and, and it's also it's really funny right. because why. What, what are you pointing at him for? He <laughs> He's agreeing with me. He, he, I'm agreeing he, he, with he, him. Yeah, what? You that's don't even a, watch Star that's Trek. That's a Canadian Shut finger of approval, my man. <laughs> yeah, that's a Canadian finger of... Yeah. Canada approved. Jeez, Canada approved. Oh, my God. A little red leaf. Blam! <laughs> Jesus. But, you know, why... Why haven't those plant spore thingies revolutionized medicine throughout all of Trek? Exactly. Why haven't they? It's a huge plot hole. Definitely should be that should be like securing everything. And I feel yeah. like because it was dig up Gene Rodemy right now. Yeah, dig him up. This shit. Dig him up. Put him on the planet and heal him up. And if you want to, <laughs> and if you want to delve further into you know the fictional universe, it's like because they really didn't have a whole lot of time to study the spores. Mm-hmm. Maybe 
later on, like it prolonged exposure to the spores mm -hmm. causes some kind of a detrimental health effect. I don't know. I mean, it's, there's maybe they, like they, like it affects are, the mind in such a way that you, know, you don't know well, because Vulcan, Vulcans aren't going there again. Yeah. Because we learn a lot of things between short term and long term exposure here well, in medicine. Pe and people had three years there. I mean, you could heal up Captain Pike and then get him angry and then take him off. Right, but Something I'm just like that. I'm just saying as a potential justification. Yeah, yeah. You for, don't know the long term. No. for exposure. Pike. I always, when I was a kid, I remember watching uh, the Menagerie, and they're saying, Captain Pike has his illusion. Is it better than your reality? And you see Pike and what's her name? Vina, Vina. going up to the elevator. Right. And I, I said, that's an illusion. So in my kid head, I imagined Pike in the wheelchair at the bottom of that mm -hmm. rock going, yep. eep, poosh, eep, poosh, yep. eep <laughs> not able to go anywhere, just sitting mm -hmm. there. While he thinks he's inside, right. you know, knocking boots with Getting Dina. rained on, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, oh well. well it's, it's not unlike, you know, being plugged into the Matrix. You know, mm -hmm. your body is, you know, being well, sure, but exposed I, I, to the elements. But Yeah, exactly. You know. you're, you're getting rained on. You're getting <laughs> snowed on. But you, know. you don't feel it. And in you your have mind, no idea. And, I mean, it could be at the point that, you know, they create enough illusion for him that, you know, he's become part of it now and it's... You know, his physical body is not necessary anymore. You know, his consciousness has been transferred into their their illusion. You don't, you just don't really know. But, yeah. It's a very heady start to this episode. I like Literally it. Literally heady. I like it. Oh, gosh. These are some of the things we used to discuss mm. at the experience all the time, but especially with, like, guests and so we're like, ooh, oh, I yeah. hadn't considered that. I'm still waiting for an answer on the original question to Maple Leaf Matt. Oh, what was that? Would you <laughs> accept being a brain in a jar? Probably not. No? No. What if they could, like, hook it up to Netflix? See? See? Well. Or even okay. better, if, 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 if the they're keeping brains alive in jars, they could probably hook you up to VR Netflix. Mm. It's, gonna, it's, it's almost go. like a, there we go. It's like the line, all the power and knowledge of the universe, itty bitty living space. <laughs> brain in a jar. I myself am down with a brain in a jar. I think I'm cool yeah. with it. Yep. I, especially if if you can entertain that brain, mm -hmm. that if I, <laughs> entertain that brain. Oh, especially if you can communicate with other people. If you can no, keep communicating. don't even need that. There you go. Fuck people. <laughs> I was gonna say he doesn't communicate no, with you know other what? people anyway. So the, the brain outside. I went to Hermit. what was that um, sci-fi show like in the nineties where everything was like insects and shit like that, but they had all the previous um the shadows or whatever. Oh, go on, C continue. Fuck, what the hell was it called? I want more description because you're selling me on this. Green light. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I everything's in the main, in the main, everything's in the main ship is like a huge dragonfly thing. It's like the... Wow. Bunch of insects. I don't know, no, 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 no. Fighting no. the shadow. Green light. Fuck. God damn it. The shadows were in Babylon. You got two no, green no, lights. No, 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 no. Hold on. Different shadows. Yeah. Okay. Different well, dragonfly. Well, oh. While he's working that out, I'm going to tell you my, my thing I did. Uh-oh. You did it this time. Two things. Almost right. did something? I went to see two great concerts. Really? One of which w was that was, was I at you. one of those? Yes, you were. <laughs> I went to go see uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall out here in Vegas at the Smith Center. We had a live performance. Yeah, Pink Floyd The Wall, uh, patterned uh, somewhat after Roger Waters' full yeah. stage version of mm -hmm. The Wall. Uh, full bands, album beginning to end. Yep, The Wall being Two built acts. during the show. Yep, very cool. And coming down at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you like The Wall, uh, this is a guy in California who does tributes. I went and looked him up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you're on the West Coast, uh, 
God, I can't remember the name of him right now. Boyd know. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But definitely worth it. Totally worth seeing the show. It yeah, was, uh, one night only fun, fun show. Mm-hmm. Although there was one moment that was that was really like just kind of pulled you out and made me just go when cringe he started and go, talking Ew. to the audience. Yeah, Any, anywhere we was talking to the audience pulled me out of it. No, no, no. It was during Mother. Okay, and I got it, Lex. Oh, okay. Is that the sexy show? Yeah, the, the, not really. Supposed, supposed to be sexy. Supposed to be sexy and show. wasn't. What? Um, Pinniness mm-hmm. coming back to the wall. Okay, go to Lex. <laughs> Countries what? of origin: Canada, United Kingdom, Germany. Okay. So what, very, what did you love so much about Lex? No, no, no. In in that show, the evil leader dude. He he's basically immortal. So they took his brain out and they put it in like. A gallery in the main ship. This ship had a weapon that was like feared throughout the whole universe. And controlled by this brain. Yes. It's a giant living insect starship that could destroy planets. Oh, you know it well. Uh, I know it vaguely. I <laughs> didn't watch that many episodes because it was just a little bizarre. And they and steal I- that ship and go through like a black hole thing through like a parallel universe. And they take all the brains with them. And then these brains are like the previous leaders of the whole of that other universe. So they take him out. They were still alive, and they, he would like const like they were counsel to the the new guy, whoever it would be, and they'd be like, "Well, I did this three thousand years ago. You should run it this way." But well, I did. This. They'd always argue and shit like that. So it was like so, Harry Potter's wall of former headmaster portraits. I guess yeah. yes, mm-hmm. but there were brains of whoever led yeah. this faction. Yeah, Lex lasted yeah. for a little bit, didn't it? Like, yeah, I something think like so. that. How many Four seasons, seasons does it say? There's an Anne McCaffrey book called The Ship Who Sings. That's uh, about uh, four seasons. Uh, okay, uh, putting uh, brains inside spaceships. They 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 find uh, human pe- human children or human fetuses that are not going to come. They're going to have. They're going to be horribly twisted. You know, they, their bodies are going to be wrong. They're going to remain fetuses the rest of their life. Uh, they they basically grow them into ships and the ships and they they run the ships. Huh. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> back, right. be, back before everything was dragons. Back to the. How about we go back to the wall? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the the song mother mm. you know, happens after uh, another brick in the wall. Bargain. Yep. At the end of the first verse, he, he sings, "Mother, should I build the wall?" Yeah. And the wall during the show uh, was partially built when you walked in there because it served as video screens for them to project things on. Right. And so when he sings. Mother, should I build the wall? The word on the left side, indeed, period, comes up, and the right side, a big picture of Trump. Mm-hmm. And the, oh, I know what took you out of it. Okay, yeah, and the audience started hooting and hollering, like "Woo, the wall!" And I'm like, "Oh, this yeah. you this, guys, you guys don't get it." It's <clears> like <throat> uh, that kind of oh, I, I, yep. I'm, I'm surrounded by weirdness right now. Yeah, <laughs> you mean the audience was like, "Yeah, build pro, the wall." Pro yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's exactly what bunch yeah. of assholes. Yep. God yeah. Almighty, I love. Uh, Bill Maher pointed out uh, that um, international law people just realized, you know, kind of brought up that if you actually do build a wall across the entire border with Mexico, part of that runs along the Rio Grande, mm-hmm. and if you build a wall on our side of the Rio Grande. That is an international statement of conceding the entire river mm. to Mexico as opposed to it being a shared boundary. Yeah. Which is... It, and it, Oops. And it's really funny. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to build a wall along an entire river? Any, oh God, what? It's, I'm, I'm still 
<laughs> boggled that anybody thinks it's feasible. There was one person we were having an argument with on Facebook, and she was like, <laughs> I've worked the border. I've seen shit down there. I keep and, hearing that argument, too. And it's really funny, because it's like, I don't deny it. I'm sure you have. I'm just saying... I think you're blinded if you think the wall is going to stop the shit that you've seen. That's the thing. It's not about whether or not you've seen shit or is the wall necessary. It's will it work? What's the comedian that was talking about is like, hey, uh, hey, Mr. Trump, you know we've got tunnels, right? Because that's <laughs> the, how the majority of shit gets brought in anyway. It doesn't. Yeah, it's, I, the uh, wall's not going to stop tunnels. But no, you, yeah. You build that wall and make the land impassable. They'll just figure out how to come in by shore. If, if I've learned anything about this whole situation, is that you need to stop arguing with people on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Well, and it really comes down to don't argue logic and facts with people who are passionate about something because. All of the, the facts and logic go out the window. You can't argue faith. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot exactly. of it also is, is their intrusion because it's like I just, I you know, anyone who follows me knows that I post tons of political shit. And you get the Trumpalos who will actually intrude. They'll, they'll thread crap with their nonsense, and that's the stuff that I end up arguing. Of course. Because I don't, I don't go to other people's Real stuff and in. argue because there's, yeah. there's no, just there like no fucking point. Just be like me. Only post positive, fun stuff. Don't post political shit. Like Hodders. It doesn't do any good. Well, yeah, but then I would only go on Facebook once or twice a month. Mm, and, sure. and, and and I get like, the passion like thing. <laughs> I get the passion thing because if anybody comes at me and says that Nightmare on Elm Street 3 isn't the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie ever made, then, yeah, I'm going to laugh in your face and, and walk fight away. words. Yeah. So I, I get the passion. I've never seen it, but I, I believe you. Get off this podcast right now. I'm <laughs> you, you're saying it's better than Dream Warriors? <laughs> wow. I don't think we can hear this, I folks. Knew that's, that would, that's a major eye roll. I right. knew next that week, would get Next week, just us three. Mm. Three. <laughs> I love the, cr- the, the 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 clenched jaw right there. Mm. Wow, <laughs> three is Dream Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> so the other the other show I saw was Mukapaza, which oh, oh, is I'm sorry, Mukapaza. Bless you. Which is um, a marching band gone weird. <laughs> That's a good description. They're like it's the story of your life. Thirty people. Andy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it, this, I, it's, I'm amazed I hadn't heard of this band before. Yeah, really, um, this is your wheelhouse. This is really right? my wheelhouse. No, no, I, not to interrupt the story, but like, Andy has great stories because they center around something that's very normal and normally very boring, gone weird. Yep, <laughs> that's very true. It's like, it's like, well, it's a magic performance, gone weird. Yep. Uh, it was like a circus, gone weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not knocking you, I'm just no, saying no, it, it's, it's amusing. I, I'm agreeing with that, you. That that's... Anyway, sorry. So, so what does Mukapaza so mean in Polish? Uh, I don't know, actually. Do you know? <laughs> I think I just made it up. I could be wrong, though. Um, well, it's just this person, what does it mean? I'd tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Right. Um, they're just weird, nerdy-looking folks, a lot of thick glasses, a lot of mismatched marching band outfits, a lot of really-looking, weirdly uncomfortable on stage. And yet performing in perfect unison, playing amazing music. A lot of it sounds like uh, old cartoon music, too. Okay. A lot of it's like powerhouse kind of stuff. Yeah. 
but oh, and, you brought me there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, I just I closed my yep. eyes and I was <laughs> there. <laughs> but yeah, they I, they're not touring right now. The next I, I looked, the next time they're performing is Chicago in July. So. I, I guess I'm still not getting the concept. Uh, they are a marching band, uh, mismatched in dress, but yep. really good together. Yes, but they're but they're also doing a lot of weird stage stuff. They're a lot of they're actually moving around. They're hopping on and off the stage. Choreography. They've got cheerleaders. Okay, well, that's all, new. Yeah, they've got cheerleaders, and the cheerleaders like the one that I kept focusing on is one who just has this <laughs> rictus grimace on the whole it's time. Weird. Oh, jeez. And she was like, "Yeah, look at that one." The one I no, she I was didn't the see the rest of the show. Yeah. The one I she was, was just... by far the funniest. They're all they're all a little bit off, but there was one who was just like doing all the cheerleader stuff, but with this like forced like grin. Teeth uh, yeah, and, I can see how yeah. that would be eye catching. Yeah. And sexy, very sexy. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's an image of a Joker venomed cheerleader. Yeah, well, it's not even it's not even like a real smile. It's like an attempt at a smile from somebody who's trying to smile and doesn't realize what their face is doing and has no soul. Yeah, mm. yeah. So Barry Rob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In fact, it was Barry Rob. Oh my god. Explains the hair. Somehow we got to get Barry Rob in a cheerleader outfit. I don't know how we're gonna. No, do we it. don't. No, we don't. How we're gonna do it? We got to do it. What else to do, gentlemen? Uh-oh. Oh, nothing. Uh, I finished Unworthy nothing. Thor. Uh, Unworthy. This yeah. is the, the Marvel. Marvel's, uh, this is the, the original Thor, uh, who's unworthy of the hammer. So Jane Foster's got the hammer, and she's girl Thor. And, you know. And, I mean, I've, I've talked about that in the past. I thought the idea was kind of silly, because Thor's a name, not a title or a code name or anything. But Jason Aaron did a fine job of selling it, and actually it's a damn good it's a damn good book right now. Huh. So I would say definitely say you got to read it. Unworthy Thor, I was disappointed in. Um, it's a short run. Thor's running around. He he's trying to find some purpose. He's trying to find something to do, and he get you know uh, the idea comes to him, the ultimate Thor's hammer, which is now in our universe right. post Secret Wars. So he goes on a quest. To get that one. And it's really cool. They pull from like Walt Simonson and he has his, uh, his, uh, you know, the goats that in mythology uh, draw Thor's chariot. He actually uses the goat to travel through space and time. He goes after it. He runs into Beta Ray Bill. Excellent. Fine. You know, which is all. And Beta Ray Bill, the ultimate noble warrior, even offers to give Stormbreaker to Odin's mm-hmm. son. And he's like, no, that's your hammer, you silly goose. Um, but he goes to get it, and they introduce the fact that Thanos wants the hammer, and so he sends some operatives after the hammer, too, and they all collide, and stuff happens, and Thor doesn't pick up the hammer. He's like, this is for someone else. This is not my hammer. So they, the whole little miniseries leads up to that moment, and he says no. <laughs> the cover of that issue has Thor and Thanos fighting over the hammer. What? what, what? They never come into contact with each other. <laughs> Just wow. That was, yeah, that was a, a real common wow. thing in the, uh, in the 80s. Yeah. And Co- that, covers that didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, it totally did not happen. So... Maybe maybe Jason Aaron was making a comment or something, but mm. I was just sort of like, eh. I like the idea of the Odin son. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, the last panel, um, Thor, you know, Thor is like in the last 
page, he's like, someone else, I will safeguard this hammer because someone else will come and claim it and it will be theirs. And sure enough, someone mysteriously in the shadows shows up saying, I hear you calling to me. Okay, I'll do this. I don't know if I'm worthy, but the universe obviously needs a war Thor. So now we have war Thor because this guy picks up or this whomever picks up the, the, the ultimate Thor's hammer. So there's another Thor out there with another hammer. Oh, wow. But, but we'll find out who that is. Is it sure. John Hurt? War no. Thor and seven years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when he said War Thor, and I was like, what? War Thor? <laughs> it just. I know you weren't yeah. stuttering, but it sounded like yeah. you were. So. There you go. It sounded like an Andy moment, and I was like, "Is it? Are you infecting?" No, no the Andy person? moment was you shitting on his big story. With a <laughs> yeah, bad joke. True. Well, the, the Andy moment would have been <laughs> sort of like uh, uh, Gar- Ralph Garman's uh, Harrison Ford impression. You see what, what you tell me with the whole Thor thing and the whole story going back. Um, it gets me excited to read Marvel, and I did attempt this last week. Decided to finally pull the trigger on Marvel Unlimited, their digital subscription. Oh, oh, okay. cool! Because it's if you do the full year, it's fairly cheap. It's like sixty-four bucks for you know unlimited comics for a year, and it's good, as long as you wait six months to read your comic, you know there's plenty to read in the meantime. So I was ready to pull the trigger. When I go buy anything online, I only use a Discover card. That's okay. that's my card that I use for online stuff. They've they protected me in the past. It's really it's been good for that. And apparently they don't accept that. Oh, for, wow. For Marvel Unlimited, just Mastercard and Visa. Wow. So I'm like, well, I, I guess the decision has been made for me. Hmm. So holy mackerel. So I guess uh, Marvel Unlimited's lost a uh, sale. Because get uh, physical copies, anyways. Come on. There are things I want to read and don't necessarily want to own. Okay. All right. And and although I will say, um, a fine untapped resource n- near you, just like we have here, probably your local library. Because damn, our library's got a lot of comic books. Mm-hmm. I wish they'd had that when I was a kid because we went to the library a lot because couldn't really afford much. Sure. But going to the library, I could get. I mean, I I would get stacks of books. I would yeah. take the yep. maximal out and I would take them home and read them. And they had Star Trek books and they had you know sci-fi books of all kinds. Uh, so I mean, yeah, that's that's where I read a lot of the you know the fiction that uh, really interested me when I was younger. And uh, God, if they'd have had comic books when I was a kid, that would have been just we literally amazing. lived about twenty miles from the library. Oh my so when God. we went down the library, it was big stacks. The only comic book my library had growing up, again, very small town. Mm-hmm. I think right. the how county, small was it? The county had like three thousand people. Whoa, That's how, not even the town. Um, it's so had, small that the library wasn't a branch; it was a twig. Boom! <laughs> the only comic they had was that Creep Show comic that they released for the movie. Oh, uh, is it Willingham the the comic? Bill Willingham did the cover, I think. Yeah, I think he did the all of it. Oh, okay. So, so Stephen King and Willingham. It was a great comic, informative for me. So, mm. thank you, library, for at least that much. Yeah, I I, I remember when I went to my l- little library branch that was right up the street from my house, actually, and I saw the comics there. It was really funny because I would go through them and I'm like, oh, I gotta find this one. Oh, I gotta get this one. Oh, I, and so all it did was get me in, you know, give me a list of comics and issues that I had to go to the comic book store 
and dig through their back issue catalog and buy. So it actually just kind of fostered the, <laughs> I got to get this. Oh, my God. That's funny. Like comic books for me growing up were what you could get at garage sales or what friends would just give to me. It's like, oh, I finished reading this. Here, you can have it. Sure. So that's that because uh, I rarely went to the comic book store when I was really little. It wasn't until I was a teenager and started being able to drive and make my own money that I started going to the I've, comic I've book store. I've said this before, but I predate comic book stores by a fair amount. Right. <laughs> I used to you, get my you, stores. You predate at, a lot of things by a fair right. amount. But I used to get my comic books at Sullivan's Pharmacy. Wow, at, at, the pharmacy. That's right. At, no, I forgot. The pharmacy. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the, yeah, the pee fell off. That's oh. true. A lot of the early comic books were sold at the the Five and Dime and mm-hmm. the pharmacies. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's where like, I started. I picked, right in the front. I picked up Howard the Duck there. I very nice. clearly, I remember picking Howard the Duck there. Nice. Gentlemen, do you remember the first comic book you ever picked up? Bought my? You mean bought yourself? That you the, bought for yourself? Oh, bought for myself? Not words given. Not Ooh. someone bought for you. That you said, "I am now buying this." I'm comic quite ashamed book. of this because it's rather new. Because I always, uh, my mom would always give them to me or buy them for me, so I didn't buy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be Batman Court of Owls, the new Fifty Two. Wow. That is new. Wow. That is new, and I feel quite. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go the other direction. Yeah. Spider Man One Hundred. Wow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no memory. Comic books. I've told a story. My mom claims that she was reading an Avengers comic book when she went into labor with me. So they've always they've been, been in at my the life. home, yeah. So uh, no doubt, I was given a dollar, which back in the day would have gotten like a half dozen comics. Sure, you know. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. He wants to buy one for a dollar. How I know. Old is this guy? So you know, <laughs> I have no memory of the Give first time pages. as a, as a kid. Yeah. I went in there and bought a comic, so I couldn't look at it. Could not think it of it. Um, I remember buying. Um, they used to have three packs at the uh, at the uh, uh, the Avision pharmacy. The, no, it was um, it was like the, the national store, which was essentially a country version of Walmart. Um, but they they had three packs of Gold Key comics. I remember buying uh, Magnus Robot Hunter, and and there were three packs. You could see the two on the ends. So you didn't kind know of what the middle comic right, was. That's right. right. I remember those. I know exactly. Yeah, what the you're middle was about. always like, what the hell is that? And mm-hmm. boy, those Magnus. Co- I remember those because those were painted covers, mm-hmm. and they looked awesome. And I remember as a kid, it always like broke a spell for me because I was so used to Marvel and DC. Where generally the covers were done by the interior right. artists and mm-hmm. very comic booky, so you get this painted cover, and I'm like, oh, "This is gonna be amazing!" And you open it up, and it's the, it's still good artwork, but it was definitely it's the comic style. book style, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was just like, "Oh, wow, this is weird." And every time he killed a robot, I went squee, squee. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I had the same thing with the the three. I, I'm pretty sure it was Gold Key that, that I got because mm-hmm. uh, the didn't Gold Key do Disney comics yep. for a while? Gold Key and Western, there were they, there's like a weird crossover between the two where they were the same company. Because I remember while. buying like I had saved up allowance and we were at uh, the store one time and my mom let me buy one of those three packs <laughs> and it was like a Disney because it was. Uh, when I was a kid, I really loved the Uncle Scrooge, which this is predates DuckTales. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was literally what DuckTales became. It was right. in the comics. It was, it was Huey, the, Dewey, and Louie. All the Carl Barks Donald stars. and and uh, and and Uncle Scrooge yep. McDuck, and you know, going on these worldwide adventures. And I remember picking up this Gold Key three pack, and it was like you said, except for all you could see was the first comic. 
because okay. the middle comic was, of course, covered up by the, the one in the front and the back, but the back one just had the back cover. Ah, oh, so ad. Dirty. So all you could cool. see was the ad. Dirty. So you had no idea what you were getting. Yep. Uh, other than that, they were supposed to be three related comics. Sell but, greeting uh, cards to get prizes. But yeah, they it, it for me, fortunately, it ended up being all three Disney comics, oh, and I really enjoyed it. But I. I, that was one of the first ones I remember buying vividly. Was buying the uh, the Uncle Scrooge uh, McDuck. God, comics. Uh, Disney comics. My my aunt on my father's side would always be like, you know, what should I get Kirsten? And my parents, well, he likes comics, and they would she would always get me Disney comics. Totally not realizing that it was really all about superhero comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, here, Kirsten, got you. And she called them joke books. So <laughs> I got you a joke book, and it's just like I'm holding this this Donald mm-hmm. Duck book or something, and it, it's really funny. And you, you're all, wow, thanks. Thank uh, you. Uh, uh, I, I, like Jeff, I did, and I did really love those stories, like Gyro Gear Loose, oh, and yeah. all, Magic well, of the Spell, all that stuff. Well, and, it's funny because like, they, they would slowly bring in these other mm-hmm. characters throughout the course of the comics um i got a lot of them uh like my grandmother when she knew that i liked those started Mm because my grandmother used to love going to the garage sales after she was retired and she would pick up uh you know stacks of them she's just like i got all of these for like a dollar and Mm -hmm. uh, so that my mom and so i you know i'm I'm reading all these disney comic books and i just i I literally loved how they would keep adding in these characters adding in these characters so by the time that ducktales hit it was like okay i already know all of these characters and, yeah and and the adventures were new ish in the tv series the, sometimes they the were TV ones were based on the old books so, yeah and yeah. sometimes there were variations on it like it was it had a common theme and it would change up the you know actual mm-hmm. action but uh boy the day the but, good old days of going to a, a garage sale and getting someone's comics collection mm-hmm. for because now everybody knows that you know. Well, actually, I, I should say everybody money. thinks yes. Yes. that there's something of value there, mm-hmm. and usually it's now they are worth <clears throat> a dollar a comic, maybe, right. and most, they're trying to sell them. You know. yeah. yeah, most times when I see boxes of comics at places like that, I look through them because I, you and I are both comic retailers. I look through them and go, "Dickle book, dickle book, dickle book, dickle book." Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny you say that too because I actually uh, last year. Uh, a friend of mine uh, asked me to over to come and look. She had like a whole box of comics that yeah. she found like yeah. her uncle had. And, and so I came over and looked at him and she's like, are any of these worth anything? Cause I hear comic books, you know, if you find the right one can be worth a lot of money. It's like, all right. So I spent a couple hours going through, mm-hmm. cause I mean, she had just one short box. Oh, that's um, not bad. So it wasn't, it was more like looking up the actual price values on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I said, all right, so this whole stack is worth nothing. Mm-hmm. These ten are worth a few dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. This one is worth about ten dollars. Yeah, and that's where you're at. Yep. She's like, "Really? All of that?" And I said, "Yep." Basically, they're not worth thumb, what people think. Past 1977. Yeah. Yep. Don't even bother, except for specific ones. Yeah. And it, and it's 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 people don't realize it's a rarity to find some of the ones sure. that are worth a lot because they've been destroyed. The whole point or, is that yeah. they're rare. Yeah collectability yep. is that they're rare but especially and a lot of that stuff is with surprises because yeah. no one expected deadpool to be all that right. big a deal so he was right. int- introduced to new mutants which wasn't a highly bought book anyway right, right. 
So yep. that's where he was introduced, and now that's an expensive comic. But that's one of the only ones I can remember from even the early nineties. Yep. That's worth a lot of money. Yeah, Ralph has uh, Ralph has recently at Alternate Reality Comics put up in his back issue cabinet the first McFarlane Spider-Mans with the variant covers. Sure, and ten bucks. Yeah, and these, I remember these are the ones in the sea in the that came in little sealed plastic. Um, uh, what the ones that came in the sealed plastic? They were they 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 already oh, yeah, yeah. came in a little bag. That's mm-hmm. when the bubble yeah. burst. I think we discussed this on another episode. Yeah. But those bags that they put them in, yeah. If you take them out of the bag, they're not mint. Whatever, they're not right condition. But those bags aren't acid free. Right. Yeah. Oh, I <clears throat> actually I remember that leads me to another story with this the Death Superman. Mm-hmm. Remember that came poly yeah. sealed mm-hmm. and. Those like the people that actually kept them around the comics inside have been damaged sure. by that plastic, mm-hmm. and I do remember when that came out. Uh, I have that you know, one. That's couple right couple of the comic book store guys. Uh, there were two that I went to, but one that I primarily went to, uh, Air Capital Comics, which is I don't think any longer in existence in Wichita, but. He would say, he's like, oh, you got you got to make sure you get a couple copies of that because it's going to be worth a lot someday." <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "I'm like." There's literally hundreds of thousands of these printed up. I don't it think it's going to be a big collector item. As a retailer, it's a great oh, selling yeah. point. It really was. Dude, yeah, we had was. we had those McFarlane yep. Spider-Mans on the wall for 100 115 mm-hmm. within a within a couple yep. months. Were you crazy? You weren't insane. working the shop when the the was it the Batman Dark Knight came out. There was a new Batman title that came out and it was like the first variant cover one and it it was Four different colors. It was basically yeah, I remember. The, that. It was an overcover on top of it. It was mm-hmm. nothing, no art. It was just different colors. Hmm. Mm. Insane stuff. Yeah. Uh, some this whole conversation reminded me of uh, a, a weird. I went to visit my well, we went to visit my cousins when I was like ten or eleven, and uh, my cousin Peter had a comic collection, uh, and he had the complete run of Atlas comics from the seventies. Which was this weird thing? Larry Lieber, Stan Lee's brother, was part of it, but they came out with a whole bunch of different titles: uh, Phoenix, uh, the Scorpion, a couple other things. But they didn't. They only lasted for three months, two or three months. And so, the first two issues would be straightforward, and then you get to the third issue, and they're like desperately like pull out of the stops, change the whole concept. Really, it was a great thing to read all at once. <laughs> huh. Anything else, guys? That's what I, I thought. I think I'm That's what I'm I thought. All right. Let me get a couple emails in here. Gentlemen, long-time listener, and as long as I remember, the PayPal contribution link on your page has been busted. I seem to vaguely recall some talk about no Kickstarter or Patreon in the future, maybe something else about donating to other worthy causes. I've listened for years. I played on Torgo's Minecraft server. Awesome. That was awesome times. Mm. And I want to return something for the many hours I've enjoyed in relation to the show. At least get a round of sandwiches at Capriati's on me. How can I make this happen, Greg? Uh, Greg, uh, we uh, we get letters like this fairly often, and that's awesome. Uh, your desire to contribute is humbling. If you want to contribute, may I suggest a donation to Child's Play Charity? Yes. That helps kids in hospitals, abuse shelters. Or a contribution to your local library. Yes, that uh, is one of the best things you can do. Or even a kind gesture to a stranger, as Geek Shock Alt Facts will, will tell you. Mm. Uh, go to your local school, make a payment on some kid's overdue school lunch bill. 
There you go. You know, uh, contributing toward others in the name of good geekdom is the best way to pay us back. For yeah. now. So. <laughs> we'll talk later. I'll tell you exactly well, what you can Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, Capriati's, and, uh, you can go online and get yeah. a gift certificate and right. just send it. And, and, and along those same lines, I do think that is the best way to, you know, to, to, to quote unquote pay us back. I mean, I like yeah. pay. We don't, forward. we don't do this yeah. for payment. We don't do this for recognition. We do this because well, we enjoy doing it. And that's why the checks. And are we're, late. we're glad that, <laughs> that people have latched on and stuck with us all these years and recommend us to other people. So that is literally the best way. Spread the geekdom. Yeah. You, you want to help us out? Tell a friend. And also, if you want to contribute, pay it forward to someone else. Yeah. And, and the, the suggestion that he made with the, donating to your library absolutely because libraries are something very close to my heart because as i mentioned just a little bit ago um you know being able to go to the library and being able to get books when you can afford to buy stuff on your own really did help me through i'm not going to call it a troubled childhood but you know a poor childhood where you know there's struggles and you see how it affects your parents and Everybody needs a little escapism, and being able to go to the library and picking up some magazines, you know, I remember getting a, my first Starlog, checking that out at the library, and the big plastic folder that they had the the magazine sandwiched in, um, you know, getting copies of, you know, Star Trek novels, etc. So, yes, donate those books that you don't have instead of taking them to the secondhand bookstore. Give them to the library. I took a huge box of books there a couple years ago, and the guy that came out with the barrel and he was taking it um, out of my truck and putting them in there, he was like casually browsing through. And he's like, "Oh wow, you've got a lot of great stuff in here." And I said, "Yeah, I could have probably taken it to the bookstore and gotten a few dollars for it, but this means a lot more to me." And he's like, "Oh man, I wish I could could go through this before I turn it in." And he's like, "But I'll get a chance to check it out." And I'm like, "Absolutely." So. Anyway, apparently yes. you said something funny. In I there. gotta know why the f- Andy's laughing. Why are you guys are so poor? You could barely afford Space Camp. <laughs> space Camp was Whoa. when I was a teenager. Wow, wow, Andy. Whoa. I didn't say I, I didn't say I was poor. <laughs> wow, Space Andy. Camp was a it was an interesting thing because that was just where my dad started making money. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I went to Space Camp was a gift from my grandmother. Oh, now I feel guilty. My grandmother. As you should. You should. My, my, my mother's mother, who I wasn't as close with as like my dad's grandmother, mm-hmm. or my dad's mother, rather. Um, she's, she wanted to encourage my pursuit of, you know, something that she saw as very noble. And she gave that to me as a, as a birthday slash Christmas gift that year. So. Well, it paid off. You're a bartender in a fake space station. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Well, the the funny the I was gonna say the funny thing is is like at the very bottom of the card where she turned it over to him it, it reads someday you're gonna make more money than you could imagine as a bartender and yeah. <laughs> well and it's funny too because I I did make more money initially than some of the you know early astronaut candidates yikes so I mean once you've been in the core for a little while you start making money but. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a yeah. govern, it's a government job, NASA, so, hey, you know. First in, last out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. But, but yeah, you're I, like, my childhood running papers on a dirty coal smoke street. <laughs> well, <laughs> we didn't have paper when I was a child. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was all rocks. I'll mm. advance it across the timeline. If it wasn't for the gift of his gram- from, his, from his grandmother, 
this podcast would yeah, not exist. That's right. <laughs> exactly true. I mean, if we hadn't have talked about it and kept talking about it and kept talking about it for nigh on a decade before we actually started doing it, this wouldn't be here. Absolutely. Sure. That's what I meant. See? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got you, Tom. The role of the heart was that. I was night we played by Andy. Yes, I understand. <laughs> well, see? Don't you feel guilty? You bastard. Yeah, I do. So thank you, Greg. I really appreciate you writing again. And everybody else who writes in to ask how they can contribute to the show. It's appreciated. Um, and as far as Patreon, uh, details coming soon. Barry and I are working on it. Oh. All right. In that case, once that happens, then then fuck the contribution. No, no, no. Still, still donate. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Still donate to Child's Play libraries. I went way off script. Wow, did you ever? If you feel like you have some extra after that, that'll be one of the Patreon selections. In lieu of payment to Child's Play, pay to us. (laughs) Master Trogo rolling around naked in a pile of cash. Oh God! (laughs) I call it Thursday night. Ah, he's a bartender in. you you guys and your money in Vegas is just it blows my I wish I wish I wish I could do that there's no I can't possibly do that fucking job serving and bartending I just can't and okay. I, I, I wish I could because I know people who like are have made a life for themselves and now, a, a comfortable one in, at in that. Vegas you can do that it's yeah. not like classic Vegas like classic Vegas you could make six figures easily yeah as a as, just, a, as a good bartender fucking ridiculous now now you're you're talking you like do that in the middle clubs too middle middle income well yeah if you get in the right club and you make the right money what but the I hell mean, is Raul doing mm-hmm. he posted pictures from fucking Stockholm mm-hmm. uh, what the, what, what? he is a He's absolute a br- vodka ambassador Okay. He's a brand. He's ambassador. a brand ambassador. Brand ambassador. He gets paid to throw parties. Well, yeah, essentially, you know. Yeah, to, to prom- see he's, see this fucking. He's town. a paid promoter. This fucking town. And uh, yeah, amazing, just amazing. He, it's a great job. I I'm so happy for him that he got mm-hmm. that because I could possibly when 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 things get crazy. <clears throat> I mean, I tried serving for two weeks. And it was at a Marie Callender's, and I never had a high pressure well, night. Well, there's, there's your problem. There's, and yeah. and, and it, 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 it fucking sucks so bad. I bailed on it. Mm. I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And bartending itself, the, 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 just the multitasking, it's, just it the running, nuts. running around like a chicken with no fucking head. It I mean, I, I guess you, you do earn your money. It's mm-hmm. not yes. like it's free money. I, but yeah, I could, I could just I couldn't well, fucking. Couldn't is the most is the most important part of bartending like holding a conversation with your guests. It's a other than other than other than you don't have time. They're all the if components. You time, are, when you're all, making your money, you don't have time because you got fifty guests and <clears throat> seventy five drinks that you got to make. And, and even then, the, the guest thing gets weird because I. This week, I had a little downtime. Started talking to a guest, and they started pouring their heart out to them about. Uh, <laughs> Really deep family issues. You're, you're like, like, I'm not that kind of bartender. Shut the fuck no, up. I, Here, I, you want I, another I, drink? I said she, she obviously needed are. to get stuff <clears throat> off of her chest. I was gonna yeah. listen. The worst but, part but was it when got really uncomfortable. The worst part was when Andy came in and then started cracking jokes. Oh, yeah, right. it's yeah. like <clears throat> nobody touched you when you were little. Come on. <laughs> there's, there's and then little... he spilled a drink all over her. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't poor enough to be touched. There's, oh, I could touch her. Let me tell you the story about this woods up in New England. Yeah, <laughs> Andy just stands there. Show me, show me where you were touched. Just, just show me on the Andy. <laughs> and Todd was like, "Wow, this just went from weird to 
Weird. <laughs> Durr. Uh, another email. Hello, you delectable delights of glorious geekdom. I took particular interest in your response to the question, what properties you'd like to see cinema-fied? He writes cinema-fried. I like it. Yeah. And the subject of Warhammer 40K came up. I'd like to offer Gaunt's Ghosts as the perfect story from that universe for cinema fiction. I will agree with him because I've read that. That's good. Yeah? Yeah. yeah the good. Gaunt series, he says, uh, has, it has it all. Duty. Uh, what's going on over? Sorry, you are really in the. Paul I was chair. trying to open up. I was trying to open up the camera and something else. You opened are up. in the goddamn Paul chair. <laughs> yeah. Own it. Own it's it. I was chair. trying to open hey, up the hey. camera. Own it. That was Pokemon Go. Shut up. It was. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> That's always running. I need to get my mileage, baby. Hatch oh some eggs. <laughs> oh my god! So Zubat pops up. Fuck! Another ten kilometer egg. Mm. Shit! That's why I stopped. Anyways, go ahead. You, you stopped because you didn't want to walk anymore? 10 kilometers for a Zubat or a Rattata or some bullshit? Fuck that. <laughs> you can I want a fucking Mewtwo. You can evolve Zubats now. There you go. Get back in. To a Gallbat? Good for them. Uh, no, it's something beyond that, too. Wow. This sounds like some weird-ass rap to shit. To a Crobat? Right a Crobat? Now. Yes. I well, remember when this used to happen between him and Paul. And we'd go go on Bat with the Mobat and the Rondat. It, it must be the chair. The Tutu and the Moblock. <laughs> it's got to be the chair. The chair is evil. Bafla and the Hoopin. I guess that's why I really couldn't ever get into no, Pokemon Andy, because it is it. It's it, evil. It is a whole other language that I just don't want to learn. <laughs> so. He uh, says the Gaunts series has it all. Duty, honor, desperation, betrayal, loss, huma- humanity, sacrifice, <laughs> epic battles, and covert action. In any case, I love what you guys do. Keep it up. I enjoy spending my drive to work with you every week. Oh, Matt. Poor soul. From Seven Land Hand, Seven Land Hand Podcast. Thank you, Matt. Woo-hoo, I'm good bringing nice. up Gaunt. I've never read the Gaunt series. Gaunt's Ghost series. It is good. And I know they've compiled it into omnibuses now. Yep. So I can actually lend you my uh, omnibus if you want. Ooh. Uh, I have the big, like, it's like four books or three books, whatever it is. And uh, it's about... So three days reading for, for Targo. No, it's like <laughs> half a day. Come on. It's... I don't know. Hyperion's going slow. <laughs> but this has lots of action in it, though. You'll like it. So does Hyperion. Hyperion's got a lot of horror in it. I mean, Dan Simmons, uh, the only stuff I've read of his so far has been horror. But, uh, boy, he's making good on that in a sci-fi book. I'll tell you that right now. But, uh, but you agree Gaunt's Ghost would make a good movie? Yes, it would. All right. Yes, it would. All right, now I'm really curious. Short, short of it is, it's basically a... So Gaunt is the uh, commissar. Takes control of the whole um, defense force of what the fuck's the name of the planet? What uh, starts with a T? But so their commissars in town, right? Don't turn around, man. Uh-oh. Yes, don't turn around. Oh, Gaunt's in town. Yeah, basically, basically, it's a new unit. They conscript together, and he's surveying his men. Chaos attacks and basically utterly destroy everything. He has enough time to get his little squad of a thousand men. Little, little squad. <laughs> no, little squad. I mean, I mean, that I mean, sounds like Warhammer. Battalion, battalion or company, whatever. What is it? Camp. Battalion, company, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And he gets them off. They're basically the last. He gets them off? <laughs> wow. Well, okay. That. He gets them off. The now I see the selling point. I'm going on Amazon. Insta buy. Yeah, there you go. Oh, he gets man. them off the planet. I've seen that video. And oh, what God. these guys are known for is like covert ops, camouflage, things like that. 
All 1,000 of them. Yes. They disguise themselves as a squad. Very effective. Move along. We're a hedge. Fuck all of you guys. <laughs> Green light, Matt. Green light. Uh. <laughs> awesome. Uh, next email. Oh, and Seven Land Hand. That's yeah. uh, they. they That's the, are you serious? You in technology? Just what stop. Yeah. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know why it's coming back on. I turned. Push the home button and it push the button, go Frank. Away. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, God, I haven't heard that in too long. <laughs> uh, uh, the podcast. They it, a brief glance. They they talk about games. They were talking yes. Seven Land Hand. Yeah, that, that's a, a Magic the Gathering reference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. You've activated my trap. Oh, wait. What? Seven land hand. I get it. Ah. It's a hand where it's all lands. Oh, yeah, there you right. go. How do you win with that? You don't. You, you don't. suck. You, that's oh, that's, that's, wait. That, I get it. That's when you mulligan. <laughs> Why didn't they just call it mulligan podcast? Because seven land hand no, sounds I, much cooler. Because they would have thought I'm it was sorry. I was just drinking. being Andy. I was just being Andy. <laughs> yes, you were. It's, well, it's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shame on you. Well, you might as well. I'm being Paul. <laughs> 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 wow! Uh, I guess more. I got to be Bonzo then. I'm oh, over here, Jesus. right? Uh, okay. Uh, Todd, read something mouth. else before Andy starts Short singing. Short timer. <laughs> uh, one actually, more email. Actually, Matt's outlasted Bonzo, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm here to stay. More, more episodes. Hasn't he outlasted just now? Just Michael. Just I Michael. So, I believe yeah. he has. Yeah. Mm. You won't outlast me. Don't even try. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, I have a geeky one for you. Bum, bum, bum. My wife and I love Mass Effect. I was encouraged to play it while serving in the U.S. Navy and found out it not only had a wonderful story, but it was presented in a pleasing fashion, was deep in lore. When subsequent titles came out, I always found myself playing and replaying to get multiple versions of events, continually asking why I would punish myself with the insanity mode. My wife treated it as a cinematic treat, longer and more versatile than a novel or a movie, and responsive to my choices. When Mass Effect 3 came out, I was at my last duty station before becoming a civilian, where I coincidentally served in the N7 division. No joke, look it up. I was maintenance tech at Center for Surface Combat Systems at Damn Neck. Wow. I took a two full weeks off work to get the absolute best, in my opinion, save file for my 360 and dove into the third game with gusto. My wife and I have spent hundreds of enjoyable hours following Shepard through his slash her battle against the Reapers. Why do I tell you this in such painful detail? Because of this. When we finally managed to become pregnant, a process that took some years, we agonized over names until, as a joke, I suggested Garrus. Garrus Vincent Tubbs is now two years old and my very best friend. Tubbs? Very cool. What? Tubbs is their surname. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember I, I that from the game. You don't <laughs> oh, wait. He really fucked that one up. <laughs> what a tart. Oh, I wasn't being serious. God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. A thousand man squad. <laughs> <laughs> He now sits on the couch and watches me play Andromeda with all the focus. Hold on. Stop it there. I'm I fucking hate you. Okay? I hope you choke on that water. Fuck you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Settle down, Paul. Settle down, Paul. This is not Bonzo you're yelling at. 
That's right. It's Andy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yelling at whom? <laughs> so confused. He now sits on the couch and watches me play Andromeda with all the focus that a wonderful little boy on the spectrum can muster. His grandparents raised their eyebrow at the origin of his name, but for someone who was named after a book character himself, I say, fuck him. My wife agrees. We anxiously wait the arrival of his future little sister, Liara. Thank you for all that you do to make my commute tolerable. Keep up the good work, Shannon. Yay! I like it. Shannon, I love that story. I absolutely love that story. That's pretty awesome. That's great. And that's a good name, too. Garris. That's a solid name. Nice. I hate to do this to you, gentlemen. What, 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 no, what? you don't. I hate to uh, go into this beautiful story of, of love and family and great awesome names to news you don't give a shit about. Uh, what happened to rolling coins for it? You regret nothing. There's not that many, but they, the mm. ones I have hurt. Hasbro Studios head Stephen Davis confirmed the studio is looking to revive the G.I. Joe franchise with a, quote, more contemporary approach, unquote when compared to the two recent films that did so-so numbers at the box office. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra in 2009, followed by G.I. Joe Retaliation in 2013. So here's an excerpt from Davis's comments. Quote, The world has changed, and I think we're going to see G.I. Joe changing with it. There's going to be a much more contemporary approach to the whole franchise that will allow us to develop different characters. We hope to create a head snap. It's different... It's a different kind of Joe, one that still resonates with Joe fans, but brings in an uninitiated audience and expands the audience internationally and domestically. You sure it resonates Unquote. with Joe fans? Does it? You sure it resonates what? with Joe fans? What? Never mind. I Joe can't who? understand the thing you're saying. Never mind. So that's all there is that, that G.I. Joe is yeah, going to I don't give a shit about that. I yeah, never got it's... into the 80s Joe. And it's really funny because after Venture Brothers, uh, I hear G.I. Joe, I think of Shore Leave. Right. And so it's just poor. The poor franchise is is, is done before it started mm-hmm. in my brain. It's Rise of Kobo wasn't bad. Rise of Kobo? That wasn't, wasn't the great. E- Andy, Cobra. you've infected Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get this straight. Andy is Paul. Kirsten is Andy. Jeff is Andy. Is Andy. Also. <laughs> And Maple Leaf Matt is Bonzo <laughs> with his uh, squad of a thousand. All right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> then he's going to get off. Wait till we're all Andy, and this podcast is just going to be one long eternal <laughs> Legion of a thousand Andy. Andy. One long mumble. <laughs> no, welcome to episode whatever it is, Stroke. Podcast. Stroke of a thousand mumbles. Yeah, no, Rise of Cobra wasn't bad. Retaliation was just terrible. Um so yeah, I sure reboot it, whatever. I don't care. Reimagine, refresh. I don't care anymore? Well, maybe you'll care about this one. Nope. <laughs> it was two years ago that Paramount Pictures announced that it was forming a writers' room for new movies based around the Transformers brand. Yeah. Films like Bumblebee, for instance, which was the first project to emerge from that room, supposed to arrive in 2018. With the fifth movie of the main series, Transformers The Last Night Bearing Down on Us, director Michael Bay revealed in a recent interview with MTV News, quote, there are 14 stories written, and there's good stuff. I would like to do one of them, though, unquote. And if we don't get all 14 of those projects, they might not ever come to fruition, but we can certainly expect at least one or two of those in the main saga, 
with Paramount hoping that Bumblebee leads a string of spin-off standalone films like Disney has done with Star Wars Rogue One. Possible entries include an animated movie as well as a period piece set in Rome. What? Transformers The Last Night opens June 23rd. So, yeah. So, you thought the Star Wars universe has a long arc now? The Transformers universe is going to follow suit. Yeah, that's what we need. Just what we need. <sighs> Maybe I we'll saw, stop producing them here. I saw that last night trailer in the beginning of one of the movies I saw last month, I think it was. You saw the last night trailer last month? Yeah. Basically. Wait, what? <laughs> the Transformers The Last Night. Oh, last the trailer. <laughs> I saw it before one of Andy my movies Andy was confused. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The day after yesterday. Again, with the caveat that companies that cut trailers don't always represent the film. Having said that, the film looked like garbage. Everyone in the theater groaned. <laughs> I mean, literally, that was the first time I'd seen that because usually you have at least half that audience goes, oh, shit, I want to see that. Theory. Yeah. True or false? Transformers is the nickelback of movies. Yeah. True, true. true. <clears throat> it is a movie series that a lot of people that consider themselves movie critics hate. Right. But a large swath of population really seems to go to them. They make great money. Yeah. It's 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 well, all spectacle. Overseas. I think that's what it is. It's like the new spectacle picks. Like, you know, you used to have the grand spectacle movies, you know, when we were young. But there's the funny thing is they still had a pretty decent story to them. These have garbage stories and no, it's, it's all like, spectacle. Take, and it's, it takes place in China. Throw a bunch of explosions. Well, Money. The reason they did that last <laughs> one, know. it was because China invested a lot. I'm, I'm talking like a lot of money into that film. They had a lot of Chinese companies that, you know, underwrote that film. So that's why they filmed so much of it in China. And it was like one of the first films that had like tentative pre-approval from the Chinese government to be, you know, exhibited in China. And that's like one of the first times they'd ever done that because usually a film is made, then it goes through this rigorous approval process, but they were pre-approved before that process. So oh, okay, it's pretty okay, crazy. Okay, okay. So, G- so G.I. Joe, who cares? Yeah. Transformer, uh, who, who cares? cares? Maybe this next one. This next oh, one's okay, gotcha. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, Here we go. Perfect. Third time's a charm. We've known for a while that Activision was planning on developing a Call of Duty film. Ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. No. They announced their initial plans about a year ago. This week, we've learned that they've been developing something bigger for the property. According to Activision Blizzard Studios co-presidents Stacy Shear and Nick Van Dyke, they plan on building a Call of Duty cinematic universe. <laughs> so the main character's going to jump, bunny hop, they kill a guy, right. and then he's going to like teabag, teabag, teabag. <laughs> and it's going to be a 12-year-old saying, fuck you. And then uh, mother's going to come in, hey, watch your language. And then, yeah, okay, whatever. Fuck. Shoulder patches of the squad, all mm. 1,000 of them. It's going to be a dick. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. God damn it, Kay. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so it'd be a squad of dicks? <laughs> Call of Duty, Squad of Dicks. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad that won't be the title of this episode. But it's <laughs> which is funny because that's probably going to be more inter- that the- that would be more entertaining than the actual movie they're making. 
It was obviously inspired by the formula that Marvel's found success with their own TVs and shows and movies. While speaking with The Guardian, uh, Shear revealed that they have long-term plans in place for the property that will encompass both movies and TV series. She explains, quote, We have plotted out many years. We put together this group of writers to talk about where we're going. There'll be a film that feels more like Black Ops, the story behind the story. The Modern Warfare series looks at what it's like to fight a war with the eyes of the world on you. And then maybe something that is more of a hybrid, where you're looking at private covert operations while a public operation is going on, unquote. The report goes on to say that the projects, quote, will draw on the feel of the different incarnations of the game rather than transposing existing plots. Uh, plots is, is right with Z. Uh, Dick uh, Van Dyke adds, it's going to have the same sort of high adrenaline, high energy aesthetic as the game, but it's not a literal adaptation. It's more of a broad and inclusive, global in scope, big tentpole Marvel-esque movie, unquote. So it's G.I. Joe with different names. <laughs> as far as the TV aspect of the franchise goes, they're looking at a, quote, TV series focused on historical conflicts such as World War II and Vietnam, which is how the Call of Duty franchise started, again, mirroring Marvel's four series on Netflix, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, unquote. That's a quote. Newsflash. Studio takes movies off a shelf with military themes, slaps Call of Duty title on it. <laughs> Film at 11. Now, if they did the zombie stuff. I was going to say. That stuff's interesting. Andy and I are not on board because we haven't heard the Z word. Yep. So, But the zombie stuff has a whole weird, rich backstory that you reveal as you play those zombie levels. I'm going to guess if this moves forward, which I'll see why it wouldn't. That One of those... TV shows are going to have a zombie episode. An offshoot special Halloween episode something. Yeah. Whatever. So So there you go. There's your your your, your three choices of of excited Hollywood producers talking about horrible horrible things. Well, you've successfully chosen How three things I don't give a jobs. Oh my god, I don't understand it. And it kind of had a little theme there. Yeah. I'm very Call happy of with Duty that set. Bunker of Horror. Weekend Geek! Yay! Last year, the BBC pulled classic Doctor Who episodes from Netflix and Hulu, and the word began to spread that the reason was an impending BBC streaming service for the U.S. fans who can't get enough UK TV. Last month, BBC and ITV launched that streaming service. It's called BritBox, with loads of classic programming, but no Doctor Who. Now they have remedied that. As of this week, all 26 seasons and all seven doctors who lived them are now available to stream on BritBox, along what? with some extras like the Doctors Revisited series that aired for the show's 50th anniversary in 2013. The episodes are all neatly categorized, broken down chronologically by Doctor, but there are also collections of episodes focusing on specific monsters and allies and even guides for new viewers. Aren't there still episodes they're missing? Yes. Okay. Lots. So if you wanted to set up that perfect weekend Dalek marathon, you now can. Plus, according to Variety, the service also plans to add audio of the Lost Who episodes 
so you can get as close to complete run as possible until someone finds that footage in a basement somewhere. Oh, that's bizarre. They have the audio, but they don't have the video for this stuff. Uh, Yeah, but interesting when he's done with the story, I've got and an addendum to the if the you're interested uh, Britbox charges 6.99 a month for their UK TV archive which includes uh, Red Dwarf and Faulty Towers uh, if you're not sure about the purchase they have a 7 day free trial nice so wow BBC has painstakingly uh, resurrected uh, one of the uh, Patrick Troughton uh, episodes uh, right, or episode series Power of the Daleks because they had fan recordings on audio tape of the dialogue and then they had set photos that they were able to find like in their archives and they took that and they took it to an animation house and the animation house did an animated recreation as best as they could from what little clips they could find and then these still photos and these audio recordings and resurrected the uh, the power of the Daleks uh, which is the second doctor Patrick Trotton uh, so that's a really fascinating thing that they're hoping to do more of because they've been able to find, you know, fan recordings of audio because, unfortunately, in the 60s, there wasn't a lot of video recording capability. In fact, that's part of why a lot of these episodes were lost is the BBC would recycle their magnetic media. So they would, you know, because you're talking like recording uh, equipment that was the size of a house in many cases. So... They're recording and then re-recording episodes over that. And then, you know, after so many years, they would just, you know, in some cases, just completely destroy it. Another way that they've found episodes is to ship these episodes to other countries. They would take the Telesyn recordings and uh, print it onto 16 millimeter film. And then they would ship those to other countries where the countries would use their... um, uh, film to video conversion systems basically this little um, television tube that they would literally project the film right onto that and then it would go live over the air that way so they weren't using magnetic media to to you know exhibit these things so they've been able to find copies of this over the years and restore to some you know to some aspect some of these episodes so they're still finding these things out there and you know 50 years later one day they'll find London after midnight. Oh, boy. <laughs> and they're not the only show with lost episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, too, also have a lost episode. Right. Yes. Of the podcast. Um, we, we have a couple of lost yeah. episodes lost, lost of the episodes. podcast. Wasn't, uh, didn't the uh, NASA, like, tape over the moon landing or something crazy like that? Um, I, I'm not aware of that because NASA's pretty adamant about archiving this stuff i know that they have yeah, lost they did. They some did, stuff someone that was a big fan of laughing and they didn't realize they were recording yeah, the wrong okay. tape and so yeah um what the hell was that in the early days before they had uh like real video cameras where they had, where they had videotape they like the early episodes of lucy and stuff like that are saved by pointing a film camera at the tv while they're recording it live yeah essentially what the hell was that called there was a... uh and i think it's a version of the telesyn yeah uh, but uh, yeah, they, a lot of those early episodes, yeah, when they, like in the case of some of your live sitcoms, what they would do is they would have the the television cameras side by side with film cameras. Mm. So they would broadcast live the you know the sitcom over the television cameras, and then instead of recording it, 
they would have that film and they would cut that together with the audio based on as much as they could you know remember from their notes of how it was broadcast <laughs> so in some cases like with your like 40s and 50s television shows there are slight difference like people go i don't remember that scene being in there because sometimes they would shoot you know pick up shots mm-hmm. afterwards after they've had the live audience presentation so you would get variations on you know the broadcast in there and people were like that that's not what i remember so it's pretty interesting now, i went really on a fascinating Br- i went on a brit box because i am a big uk television nut mm-hmm. and to see if i was interested in this and I will say I'm not entirely sold yet on BritBox. No. I mean, the Doctor Who thing goes a long way. Right. right. All right. And, of course, it has a lot of the classic stuff, the Faulty Towers, uh, Blackadder, right. Young Ones. Mrs. Brown Boys. And, uh, and a lot of dramas, too. Cracker and a lot of the period dramas. But a lot of it is older stuff. You know, Fry and Laurie. Um, Which, it's, it's fine. Fry and Laurie is solid yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is all good stuff. If you want classic BBC stuff, this is definitely mm-hmm. your jam. Uh, what I'm looking more for is something that would have that as well as more modern things. Uh, like Broadchurch? Sure, there wasn't a lot of uh, genre stuff on there, aside from the ones we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Because there's a lot of UK television that is you know sci-fi fantasy, mm-hmm. but none of that there. And aside from Doctor Who and uh, Red Dwarf, so I'm not entirely sold, and mm. so it's uh, I'm a little disappointed. All right, slight side turn. I was showing Frankie the uh, Thor Ragnarok trailer, and then after that, one of the options that popped up on YouTube was the international trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Two. I'm like, oh, we'll click on that. No, don't watch any more of that. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was in German. No, that's funny. and they are angry, angry raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's pretty angry in the regular trailer. Yeah, so. no, everyone's angry in German. <laughs> Walking Dead writer Robert Kirkman and artist Corey Walker's beloved super- superhero comic book Invincible will be developed at Universal Pictures as a film, written and directed and produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Invincible, which will release its one hundred and thirty fifth issue this month follows the life of Mark Grayson, the son of the superhero known as Omni-Man, an immensely uh, powerful alien who passed his flight strength and speed and vulnerability onto Mark, whose powers emerge as a teenager. He becomes the superhero Invincible and befriends many of the other young heroes before eventually discovering that the Viltramites, the race that his father is from, are not as peaceful as he was led to believe. Invincible is one of the longest-running comics in Image Comics catalog, currently one of the longest-running comic books out there. It's known for its wildly over-the-top action sequences, colorful casts, versions of the superhero genre, well-rounded characters. Uh, the series is slated to end later this year with issue 144. Kirkman is attached to produce alongside Rogan and Goldberg. Quote, Invincible, surprising, edgy, shocking, and oftentimes blood-soaked story couldn't be in more capable hands, he said of the directorial team. I'm very confident this will be another superhero movie in a long line of superhero movies that continues to prove that it's a viable, thrilling genre that will keep people coming to the cinema for years to come, unquote. Rogan and Goldberg have a long history of collaborations with movies such as Pineapple Express, This is the End, The Interview, Sausage Party, and, yes, The Green Hornet. They also have had more recent successes with the comic book adaptation on television producing AMC's Preacher. Okay. 
There's, yeah, I, there's the win. I was wondering where the good stuff was. Well, I mean, yeah, Goldberg and Rogan are good writers. They really are. And it really comes down to the production team that's involved with them. And I think they've found that production team formula. Because, I mean, you know, a lot of the non-comic book oriented stuff was really good. The Green Hornet suffered from, let's say, studio interference, I guess. They wanted a... A suffered, comedy. Suffer from a pudgy hero. Well, it's... <clears throat> now, Rogan actually played the Green Hornet. Yeah, yes. Rogan Horror, did, right? and he slimmed down as Horror, much as he Horror. could for that, that role. And he had, I think, more of a serious take on the character in mind whilst trying to stay true to the somewhat comic nature of the original television series, but the studio wanted a full-on comedy film, so... Yeah. You know, it's... So, yeah, I... I think it's good. It sounds like you've got a good team behind it. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good concept. I think it'll be good. Yeah. Now, now go back and defend the uh, longest running comic thing. There must be a qualifier in that longest running independent comic. (laughs) Image. Image comic. Longest running image image comic. comic. Okay. He said it. Yeah. I was, I was listening for that too. Um, I think they should actually go the cable route because it is blood soaked. Of course, maybe with, I don't know. R-rated comic movies. Maybe they think they can because there is. It gets. <clears throat> have you read Invincible? I have not read Invincible. It no, I haven't. Get, it's Superman on uh, a Deadpool old man Logan oh. level. Mm. There's there's one bit and it's actually kind of it's almost played for laughs where the kid gets in a battle that is so savage his lower jaws ripped off and he's actually Jesus. pulled in half. Wow. So there's the top half of his body with the guts hanging out, and he's missing his lower jaw. And his father and another sidekick, if I'm remembering this correctly, are on this abandoned planet. And basically, it's just a couple panels of them waiting for the months for the kid to regenerate to the point that he's functional again and they can leave the planet. So it, you know, I mean, it goes to that level. Hmm. Uh, the the kid will have a bunch of fights where he's learning to use his powers and he's just getting started, and it is some serious eyeball popping out of the skull, punching, smashing type of fighting. So it's it's a heavy level. So maybe maybe we'll get the big surprise of ooh an R rated Superman, but personally. It's Kirkman does a nice arc to it. It's a, the it's story even, runs. It has an arc and it runs a story. And I think it, it would be a good candidate for Cable. Well, maybe it'll mm. uh, fall down the line to that. I hope it will. I mean, it's mm. Universal Pictures. Well, so I don't know how often they go into. Yeah, TVs. I know. I mean, they're going to do movie. They're going to do the one movie and then shoot for the back to back second and three for their trilogy. Blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, I'm encouraged by I, somewhere in the quote it was talking about the you know, the storytelling and I'm encouraged by the fact that comic book based movies don't have the stigma they did when we were kids, because you're talking about really good storytelling that is not unique to that particular genre. So you're talking about stories that were written that could be transferred to any medium. It doesn't just have to be comic books. So if there's a good sound story there, yeah. it's not restricted to colored pictures on a page. Right. You know, as some people like to, you know, try to denigrate comics by saying, oh, it's just colored pictures on a page. It's like, no, it's really good hand drawn art in many cases. Mm-hmm. 
it's really good storytelling just presented in a medium that you're maybe, right. you know, not as familiar with and you're trying to judge it. So There are some cases um, where the where the comic medium is far superior. Like Watch, oh, yeah. Watchmen, for instance. Oh, yeah. All, all of that is the, the combination of words and pictures bouncing off each other and the use of the panels and the use of the way things mirror each other. All that stuff doesn't translate into the movie. It's, it's well, a good, but it, that's, the movie is also a direct translation. I mean, it's it's about as true to the comic book as you can do with this with a film, right? But there's things like there's a one of the issues. Um, the entire issue is uh, mirrored. Well, sure. I mean, it, it 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 from you can read it from front to back, and and the, all the the layouts are the same all the way to the middle where there's a splash panel. That they I mean, it's subtle stuff that just doesn't because it's it's actually using the medium for sure. all its work. It's comic as art. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I will say this: uh, Goldberg and Rogan, they did a really good job with Preacher. I mean, that's yeah. that's a hard book to translate, and it's not a direct translation. And it was kind of right. scary because when it first started, I was like, okay, this is not how Preacher begins. But they nailed the tone, and they were able to bring it all together. Taking some things out of uh, time they, from others. Did they ever actually get to the stories from the books, or was all sort of the stuff that's happening before the books? That's it's the whole the whole first season takes place before the books, mm-hmm. but some bits of it in flashback, and some of it just retold a whole different way. Mm. Uh, and now the story of finding God begins on season two, where it just. That whole story happens in one comic book, but you know they they've introduced Arseface. They've they've done a lot of things that get introduced later in the comic books. Mm-hmm. So they're staying true to. I think they're doing the story as they can. Because I went back and read reread Preacher at that same time, and I'm like, there's no way you could film this as it stands. Mm-hmm. It would it'd be so disjointed. It just would not work. Right. And they made it work. The tone is nailed, and the characters are there. And if you have that, you can tell those stories moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I like what they added to it, which is a hard thing to say for a comic book fan, and especially right. Preacher right. is one of my favorite comics of all mm-hmm. time. Right. To say that you've added to it, and I liked it. Wow. Added in a positive way, absolutely. Right. Because for the comic books, it's like the last couple lines of Revelation. You do not add, you do not take away. Right. <laughs> Marvel Comics is preparing to launch its next universe-wide event, Secret Empire. Oh, it's that time of the month. Month, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which yes. will find almost every Marvel hero tested when Captain America's secret Hydra allegiances are finally revealed. For three years now, the brainwashed Cap has been uh, putting dominoes in place, setting up a scheme of conquest that will finally place Hydra in a place of ultimate power. Marvel's heroes will have to contend with the betrayal of the most trusted and honorable man in the Marvel Universe, Steve Rogers. The Secret Empire event doesn't kick off until May, uh, but this month, Marvel will launch a prelude with the number zero issue for the event, as well as a trio of new comics released under the banner of Secret Empire opening salvo. Uh, First in U.S. Avengers number five from writer uh, Al Ewing and artist Paco Diaz, Captain America shows up as AIM, now merged with the U.S. military, in case you haven't been following along, prepares to up its game. Then in Thunderbolts 12, 
The Thunderbolts will face a confrontation with longtime cap foe Baron Zemo. And finally, there's Captain America Steve Rogers, number 16, from Secret Empire writer Nick Spencer. In that issue, Cap is finally prepared to reveal himself to the world. Captain America, Steve Rogers, 16, U.S. Avengers, number 5, Thunderbolts, number 12, will arrive April 19th, the same day as Secret Empire Zero. (sighs) Did we talk about the uh, the Marvel guy who mentioned that sales were kind of flagging, and they said we tried diversity and oh no the, we didn't mention that the fans have answered, and it was just like <sighs> yeah that's that's not getting it that that mm. was that was a in my eye that was a big step in the wrong direction because mm. it's like dude you're literally doing events. You're doing multiple events a year now. This is getting insane. And you just read off a whole list of comics that I don't want to buy to get into this event. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky because I know comic book stores where I can actually kind of browse and I'll flip through pages and I might do that. Hey, no reading, kid. (laughs) But but seriously, I'm not... I'm not going to buy all those comics just to keep up with this damn event. That's four comics to kick off a prelude. Right. And that's going to cover right. every single Marvel co- major comic. You know comic. it's going to run the gamut, and it's just – and it gets confusing. And we- I mean, there are other things. Some of the – some comics, they've adopted a really wild caricature style. They've gone really – the art has really gone in a strange place for me. And I, I just – I can't – I can't – I don't like it. Sure. Hmm. But it – um. There's also the fact that, man, these events, I just, you know, it'd be really nice if you picked up a title and that was, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm liking Thor, actually, Mm. is because really no one else is touching that. Sure, Thor shows up in other comics, but her story, that story is all in that comic and it's staying there. You can, you can collect one title and read a story. Yeah, exactly. And, Mm. And read the story. Yes. More to it, you know. Or you get that one little line with the asterisk on the end that says, see this title, episode, uh, issue, blah, 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 to figure out what the fuck they're talking about. Right, exactly. It's one of the reasons I wanted to get the Marvel Unlimited is so that I could go back and read the entire runs of these mega events that have happened in the past. And, you know, I could I can wait. I and no some of them are fun. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that Secret Wars event that they did. That would be the one I would that go was first. Fun. That was fun. But holy crap, they're just Do you think it's ugh. do you think it's a symptom of them trying to build like, for example, like the television shows are, you know, it's a major event. You know, you've got all your individual stories, but it's an overarching event that they're leading up to same thing with like the marvel cinematic universe it's individual stories leading up to the big event film is you think you think it's suffer the comic is suffering from the fact that no, audiences I, are no, now because, switching over to that no or? because the, the the whole event mentality the crossover mentality is something that us fans have been bitching about for decades mm-hmm. and, and some of the writers too because you've got writers that are working on some specific story arc and suddenly they're told they have to shoehorn in some crossover to some and, you major know, event and I pity those writers too because quite often they get the job by pitching their idea for that character mm-hmm. and the editorial staff goes yeah that's cool mm-hmm. come on in and start doing that and then two issues into it oh by the way, 
and boom, you've got to suddenly fucking fit. By the way, your character has to be a frog for three issues. You know, well, that was Simonson's idea. No, that was actually great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, But, but you know, Uh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, nerds. But it 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 really the Thunder Frog was amazing. It was, dude. Simonson, that's the guy who sold Beta Ray Bill. Mm -hmm. The guy can't. Fuck it up! It's amazing. He made the Thunder Frog work. He did. It's it's stupid, but it's it's just amazingly true. But they 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 get in there with their idea, and then this other thing comes crashing down on yep. them. And it's just like, I think that it's the culmination of the fact that longtime readers will go for that shit, and it alienates new readers. It it's so difficult to enter. Sure, you you have to make room for that in the story you are telling. And then when the event is over, you can't just go back to the story you were telling because now all these events happen to these characters. Right. You have to make it make sense. Yep. Right. Yeah, and, and your original story is completely trashed and by it, that And it's point. really difficult to get your momentum back and get your story back. One of the most successful diversity-oriented characters, Ms. Marvel, um, uh, Kamala Khan, uh, she really she was involved in very—I mean, she's an Avenger— uh, so she's involved in various little event things, but that story managed to roll through without being severely affected by that, and it it's successful. It plays and it sells, and I think that people are not realizing, well, I don't know. They got their business model with the events, and they just don't want to look right. around it. It's among the reasons that I favor independent comics or individual teams of creators working on their own stuff that isn't tied into a giant universe with suits pushing through it. Although, Marvel Cinematic Universe has managed to pull it off. Yeah, well, if you... If you're... and Well, first of all, I think part of the MCU's success is that for all that it's tent-poly, big, gigantic films, if you look at the raw pages, there's a lot less story you're dealing with. Sure. I mean, if you look at the run of current movies, that would barely fucking qualify as a modern event as they do them now in terms of all of the comics involved in terms of the raw pages Mm -hmm. you know so it's a lot less story that they're wrestling with when you think about it Mm -hmm. plus they're using established event stories right the stories they're telling in their movies at most could be told in like a four issue mini series sure yeah sure and and, you know it yeah four issues every single comment boom you're done Mm -hmm. so I think that there's uh, it's just their business model. The diversity angle, they couldn't shoehorn it into that business model, and now they're saying diversity is a failure, when in reality, I think it you could count it a failure in that model of the event model, as opposed to if you just made a, a create new concepts for characters, if not new characters, I think that could work if you did that in of its fucking self. Right. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fam- uh, fact check Dandy. <laughs> Maple Leaf Matt. <laughs> Talk to you a week again. Yay! Did you defeat him? We, we got Maple Leaf back. Yay. Wow. Came back. Yeah. So you, you process some of that meat. You're back. Mm. Funko Matt is here. Shut up! You shut up! Shut your ignorant Funko mouth! Oh man! I'm gonna go home and count how many Funkos I have. You're gonna do the same. I'm gonna go to your place and count how many Funkos you have. 
<laughs> wow. It's like amazing. You're making this a tough fight. Paul is going to ask him. Wow, he literally just dropped the mic. He's Tell done. you what, I'll bring my squad of a thousand. <laughs> we haven't done in a minute. We'll I count can see, so hard. I can see Kirsten leaves Matt's house. Like, so I counted all your Funkos. Weirdly, there's ten less now than when I started counting. I don't yeah, know what happened. What to happened them. there? And I got ten more, so I went. <laughs> <laughs>